0: handout is quite unusual. (laughs) The truth be told, I could hardly sit very long to study, and I stood up a lot to study. But uh, my head was pretty scrambled most of the week. And as I worked through, and you know my tendency is we spent three and a half years in the Gospel of Luke, paragraph by paragraph by paragraph, and we did Romans one time for three years, And my sense is to do that expositionally, today is wholly different, okay? But today is a day of celebration, and the Lord put upon my heart that we might look back and remember what the Lord has done, and celebrate today, and look forward by faith. So I entitled it, you can see by that handout, Come and See What God Has Done, that wonderful Psalm 66.5. This past Friday, I have the little introduction, the Lord carried us as a church to our our closing with the bank. It's been a long, arduous, difficult journey to reach this milestone, and yet it is. But praise to God, who has not only provided, but He's directed us every step of the way. He is Jehovah Jireh. He's provided. He's Lord all-wise. His wisdom And he's our shepherd who has carried us. I mean, we are quite puny, small, and frail, right? I mean, who are we? Maybe five feet, maybe, maybe six, maybe seven. And the Hebrew word for man, uh, there's several, but I'm thinking of enos, the Hebrew word enos. Man the weak. Boy, isn't that what we are? Man the weak. Boy, we are, and he's carried us. And he has to his glory, and so this is the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in our eyes. Don't pretend for a moment your pastor did it. It was in spite of him. And uh, the same thing, the elders would all say the same thing, and all the deacons, and, and, and every one of us that, that jumped in on all this, uh, it, it, is, it is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous. Well, it's important for us to, look, uh, to take a, a moment and to, uh, to look back and remember most of the time, isn't it the way we are? I loathe it, really. Uh, we pray and pray and pray and pray. We wait and wait and wait. And God answers prayer. And uh, we go a few flips of the calendar. We can hardly remember it. Isn't that right? I really loathe that. And, and uh, we're thankful and we're thankful. But then we tend to be in grades, you know. Uh, that one passage in Luke where Jesus healed the lepers. And the word reaches me so powerful. And Jesus said, did you ever read that? Where are the nine? That that convicts me, right? Only one came back to give thanks. And uh, where are the nine? And God wants us to live a thankful life. And a lot of it is just consciously remembering. And not being so occupied in this moment, which we tend to be. And we tend, because we're like stupid, fearful sheep, we tend to fear... What's going to happen tomorrow? You know, we might not even show up tomorrow, but we worry about tomorrow, right? We shouldn't, of course not. But uh, but to stop and look back, the Lord loves that when we do that. So to help us remember, uh, I just thought uh, I thought of a number of verses, that are kind of like a collage, uh, reminding us uh, through these many many months and years what has brought us to this point, and I've written them out on your sheet. Some of them are ESV, some are NASV, some are NIV, some are a composite, <laughs> and so on. So um, the first one, Matthew 28, 19, I mean, that's our purpose. You say, what's the purpose of Grace Church? To make disciples. We're not Rotary. They do good things. We're not the Lions Club. They do good things for the eyes. We're not the YMCA. We're not, okay, we're not. We're the called out church of Jesus Christ, the living organism, and here at Grace, the marching orders are, make disciples. Some people think in the Great Commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Those are all participles. They're describing the word, make disciples. That's the verb there. And that's what we're a part of. That's what we do with our Sunday school. We're praying that God would allow us as a church, as he's pleased. To establish, and we've called it this, and you know it, a beachhead for the gospel. Listen, we live in foreign territory. Have you noticed? Increasingly, as the culture heads south, it feels more and more alien. And, uh, and that's right. I mean, the church has had it pretty easy for a lot of years in, in a remembrance of, of the church and the Bible and Jesus. But it's becoming openly more and more hostile. we are revolutionaries. That's what we are. We're not of this world. The world killed Jesus. Don't Jesus, don't be surprised say, "Hey, you. So what's the mission? The mission: Make disciples. How, how does that, it's, the, it's through the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing hearing the word of God. We, we pray for families in, in the area of where God gave us the land, and God gave us the land. We didn't do it. Well, we looked at eight or nine or 10, and we knew none of those. And we looked around, and, and there are hundreds of homes being built. No, no, I know John, uh, Taylor, you guys live over there. There are many, many homes. And uh, to reach the world, make disciples for Jesus, to connect with people, to be a difference in the community, intentionally make disciples by connecting with others. We view the property, and we've talked much about that. It's, a, it's for the community. We've talked about even a, a, a walking track around. We have nine and a quarter acres. Beautiful land. And so put a gym set up and basketball things there for the community, so in uh, other ways to intentionally reach people for Jesus. To make disciples. That's what we're a part of. Don't ever forget that. We forget that we might as well close up. It's not the show. We're not going in for the show cir- go go to Circus Soleil or one of those if you want to see that. It's not the big program. A lot of there are a lot of we we don't have big programs. We we love the Lord, his gospel, and we connect with people. And we figure out strategy how to win the loss. And we just really really trusting God. And I've been praying for young families and older folks and singles and children that we don't even know yet. And then in a couple of years we're going to say, Oh, our lives are so blessed. How could we ever have gone so many years without knowing and ministering the word and seeing their children grow in grace or helping that single aged folks? I mean, that's what it's all about. That's our vision, near and far, both here and around the world through missions and then sending. That's our number two, Matthew 4.4. 4. We're reminded, right? Man doesn't live on bread alone. Don't you love bread? Don't you love eating? There's something more important than eating, and we're going to celebrate after. Deb uh, picked up a cake, and we're going to celebrate And don't run out without your cake. Eat your cake, stand around, celebrate today what God has done, right? Times are good, rejoice. But it's not just on cake. There's something far more important. Jesus and his temptation with Satan. Man doesn't live on bread alone. Turn these rocks into bread. No, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, we are guided and fed and sustained by the word of God. That's why that expression, we say it so much, seven days without Bible study makes one week. W-E-A-K. And we encourage you to do your Bible reading, to sit and open the scriptures daily. If I didn't do it first thing, Faithy couldn't live with me, you know? I have an old man in me too. You know, I got to feed the spirit and tune my heart to sing his praise. And so it's the word of God. We're built upon the word of God here at Grace that's it it's not personality it's Jesus it's all about him it's his word number three Matthew sixteen eighteen, that great confession there in Matthew 16 uh, thou art the Christ and once that was clear he said you know uh, Jesus speaking I will build my church my ecclesia it's Jesus's building project You know, Mike is going to be our great uh, general contractor, and they're going to have help with Cindy and others. And but Jesus is building the church, the living organism. The The church is the people. Look inside and see all the people. Remember that you teach your kids that it's the people. And Jesus is adding, and he's calling. With that calling, there always results in salvation. And we have the joy of being a part of it. It's it's great being a part of something big. This is worldwide and multi-generation until Jesus comes. I mean, that's big. It's bigger than, I know we're kind of sports nuts, and today the U.S. team plays Portugal down in Manaus. That's interesting for me to tune in. Jonathan's telling me about it. Manaus, I spent... I spent a long time down there as a a high school exchange student down in Manaus. And I can't imagine that they built a stadium like that. And that's where the U.S. team, on the jungle of the Amazon. That's crazy. Today it's like, wow. Jesus is building his church. And we're more than sports and more than business empires. And more than that, it's the church that will abide. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing when we minister in small group and one-on-one discipleship and with our children and when we intentionally have evangelism one-on-one or, or we, we, uh, we do some projects uh, by way of outreach as a church, intentionally caring in for the needs of people. Number four, 11, Hebrews 11.6. 11, we're reminded without faith it's impossible to please God. And you know, for years I always had so much fun with that verse saying... Faithy uh, showed me that verse, and we before we started dating, you know, and, you know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And I used to tell folks that, and she would die a thousand deaths because she never said that. But I, I like to imagine it, and uh, my kids just shake their heads, you know, like so. I thought like, wow, I better marry her. So we did. So I married Faith. I was saved by faith. Married Faith. Once upon a time, a long time, I pastored a church named Faith, right? I look forward by faith. And uh, and got established Grace Church uh, by faith. There was a time when a couple of men approached and said, "You know, we need to establish a church that's not like any other church. It's built solely on the word. There's no tradition that we people are going to get their shorts out of joint if we don't do it the same way. You know, up the middle, around the end, and punt. You know, that was my high school football coach." <laughs> but uh, it would it would be built on relationship and the teaching of the gospel and and uh, in a loving tender hearted way, and uh, that 's how it began by faith. We trust to the Lord, and the Lord has carried us all this way we didn 't have a mother church. I mean, the bank asked us back when I, are you guys part of like the big convention i like no we 're not, but boy, it sure would help if we were. <laughs> And does anyone know yet? No, we're sort of a standalone people, evangelical, that love the Lord. You're like, oh, that's nice. Mm, Doesn't help you with what? (laughs) You look honest, but yeah, other people do too, you know. (laughs) But uh, we trust the Lord, and God has uh, carried us forward. And one of the fun things in it was to see, at closing, not only our attorney tell me later he can't wait to come to our service, He's in Carlisle. He goes to a Bible-believing church in Carlisle. And then, uh, and then the banker was, was one of Alice Gardner's fourth-grade students. And she is just filled with praise and so determined to see this done. And knew Charlie Jones and, and knew their, her, their daughter and, uh, and someone else. Oh, Jewel, the head banker. She's telling us, we can't, when we met with, I can't even sleep at night. I'm so burdened to get this thing done. I talked to Charlie and Glory, and, and he told me, I want a church on my property, and now you're it. She said, I can't, I, I can't, I'm not even sleeping at night. And that never happens to me on any account. <laughs> to see God burden heart and then provide. I mean, it's provide among our own house. Dave doing the drawings, and Mike with the building and engineering, and just, wow, God. God did that. People look at me like, how did that happen? I said, the Lord, without faith it's impossible to please God. God is in this. This is really a miracle. How about number five, John 6, 9 to 13. How many times did we point this out? That in the midst of that, then we're just a little boy with a lunch, right? Jesus asked the uh, disciples that day, after teaching a long time on the hillside of Galilee, I've stood there numbers of times, looked at that. He goes, like, so go ahead and feed them. And, the, you know, like Philip's like, ah, there's 5,000 men. That's not counting the wives and the kids, maybe 15,000. No McDonald's around. You know, <laughs> like, what are we going to do? You feed them. He's going to teach him that with God, who's able to create X and the high, low from nothing, that's how God creates, from nothing. You and I go down to Home Depot and get a stack of two-by-fours nails and whatever else, right? God doesn't need that. That's amazing power. And then here, here Philip, uh, who's who's always bringing people to Jesus, finds a little boy with his lunch. Sometimes they say the biggest miracle there was getting the boy to give us lunch. I know what that is. I take my lunch to school like, no way are you getting my peanut butter sandwich. You know (laughs) And he had, uh, what, two fishes and five loaves. And he took it and he prayed and blessed and distributed it all. And they all ate and they were all full. And, and uh, bread that never grew in the, in the farmer's field and fish that never swam in the ocean. Sea of Galilee. And they all ate were full and they gathered twelve baskets full after. And they were all come And, and we've said that that's our Lord. Little is much when Jesus is in. It. It's, it's more than enough. And we, we encourage ourselves with that, right? Little is more than enough. That John 6, the little boy with a lunch. And then how about uh, 6? Uh, uh, Psalm 127.1, we said repeatedly, repeated, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, that's protection. The watchmen stand guard in vain. It's in vain for you to get up early and work long. Say, I'll double my effort and I'll do two shifts. It's in vain. For he grants even while sleeping to those he loves. Now that is a wonderful verse. When our hand could be no more, could be no less involved, right? When you and I are snoring away. I mean, we're not doing anything. We're not cutting grass. We're not painting the wall. We're not doing anything, making any call, doing anything. No. We're like death, like sleeping. He grants, so we know it's from him. He's the builder, the protector. He grants and moves behind the scenes, in the hearts and lives of people, in providing, remember the manna that God provided every day, all those years, he grants, even while sweeping, to those he loves. And that's the word. That encouraged us, did it not, for many months and years? And we rested in that. And then, I, I don't want to go on and on, but I love that psalm, psalm. Then he gives an example of it, right? Children, our heritage from the Lord. Uh, an, an example of his, of his building and care. And I often said, when I first held our first baby, I held Sarah in my hands. I looked at her, and oh, she's beautiful, I didn't do anything. Where'd she come from? (laughs) Oh no, I got a lot. (laughs) And the Lord did that. And we recognize that. Wow. How about number seven? Uh, Psalm 121. And I learned this so well from Faithy's mom and dad. They used to recite this at night. And when I would visit Faith, when I dated her, I would hear them in their bedroom, sang it together, I lift up mine eyes unto the hills. They, weren't, they said it in King Jim. I lift up my eyes unto the hills. Whence cometh my help? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Now that's not a bad resume, isn't it? They say, Lord, are you able? We teach our kids that, right? And I say that all the time. We, we need to sing that ourselves. Larry, that should have been a song today. He's able, he's able, I know he's able. Right, because a lot lot of times we walk around and think like, he's not able. Maker of heaven, and I look under the hills. The hills are a source of danger. A lot of people get that wrong. They think, oh, that's Jerusalem, all that. No, hills are a place of danger. There's danger in them, Thar hills. You ever hear that cartoon? Danger at night, falls, wild men, wild animals. Traveling, look at where does my help come from? My help comes from And we, we, we would cite that a lot, wouldn't we? Rejoice in that. Wait a minute, look at that resume. He's the maker, not only of that hill there, but of the heavens and the earth. Wow. And then number eight, Proverbs 16, 9. Okay, so we start all our planning the Lord gives us the land and now we start meeting. All these planning meetings and meetings and meetings and meetings. And we don't do a lot of meetings. A lot of people love to meet. But we're, I'm at, we're out. let's not have a meeting unless we have to have a meeting. And so me, and I know Dave Ball and Mark and Greg and, and, and Paul, you guys are all the same mind. So we just don't, you know, the process, I, came, I come out of academia where that is the process. They, they love to meet. They love to meet. They love to meet. They love to meet. I'm like, it seems so non-productive and a waste of time. But we had numerous meetings upon meetings. And, and Dave Ball saying, now, it's probably going to take longer than we're thinking. Remember that, Dave? And crossed. <laughs> and we're going, oh, how many years ago was that we started meeting? Well, we got the landlord Lord gave us September three years ago, this coming September. And we started sketching and drawing, and at this point we were looking at building a 50,000 square foot building on the hill. Remember? And we went through all the government, all the government stuff on that, and then, and then some folks. When, once we got the land, it was uh, broke our hearts because a good there was a, a segment that broke off said, oh, "We didn't know you were going to get a church building. We don't want to do that." And they left, and we're like, "What?" It's amazing when they have a church plant, it, it draws a number of folks. And, and until you do something very tangible and concrete, yeah, this is the way we're going, like, oh, I didn't know you were thinking that. We love the folks, but they, they left, and it set us back, and we go like, no, Lord, what are you going to do here? We know there needs to be a gospel. There needs to be a, 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 a lighthouse here in this community if the Lord tarries Lord, what do you have? And the Lord carried us and we made our plans. And I remember that a, hey, Mike looks out the window. We're tired of renting. We're paying all this money in rent. And, and then uh, M- uh, Mike got this idea at the meeting. I remember when he said it. I think it was you, Mike. Yeah. He looked at us. Why don't we build something right here next to the house? We can use the house for Sunday school. It gets us to the land and then we're in the neighborhood and then we can really target our community rather than just a rental three hours a day on Sunday once a week and it sort of gelled. You know, we're out pacing off. Remember that? We're out there marching out. What's fifty by a hundred and what's it look like? And and the and the thought is migrate and, and, and the man plans his course. Isn't that the way it is? Man plans his course, but God directs his way. I read that Piper this week I was sharing with Mark. When you get sovereignty straight, it makes everything else straighter. Is that good or what? I love that. When you get God's sovereignty straight, wait a minute, you're king, I'm not. Okay, you're in charge, I'm not. But God honors it when we're diligent and we develop a plan. God puts it into our heart. He brings all our backgrounds together in talents and abilities, and we do our plan. And at the end we go, nevertheless, Lord, your will be done. God directs our steps. It's his unseen hand behind it all, and we, to his glory alone. And so, that first. How about number nine, Proverbs 21 One, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wheresoever he will. How often did we say that? In all of the approvals, in all the thousands of dollars that were spent in the state, in the county, in the township, and the development that was needed for 80, 90, 100,000, and we got a pile of dirt. And, we're, and there's the, wait, you need one more stamp on something. Remember that? It was two weeks ago. That came in. Anyway, and we go like, the heart of the king is in the hand of, not we go like, we're Americans. We don't have kings. Right. But there are authority structures, you know, and they're king-like. You play in their backyard, you better smile or they can make life very, very difficult. Even though you may totally disagree. Building inspectors, code inspectors, other people at PennDOT, all the way up and through and around. And so we go, Lord, their heart is in your hands. We need to do it. But at the end of the day, we lay it before you. You can turn their heart. You read the scriptures, you know that's true, right? You know that's true. And so we found strength in that, that wait a minute, whatever happens here, God is in control of all this. And then number 10, Ecclesiastes 7.14. I already told you that about a party. In the day of prosperity, be happy. Celebrate. The men have been studying Ecclesiastes, right? And Tommy, uh, Tommy Nelson keeps saying, go out and have Rocky Road ice cream. It, you know, you don't know what's going to happen and bad stuff happens before. But don't let it stop you from celebrating right now. You know, some folks get embittered with stuff that happens and downcast and... And that joy of the Lord is not their strength. In the day of prosperity, be happy. God is telling us. But in the day of adversity, trouble, consider God's made the one to say, weaves it all together, the ups and downs, and, and all for his glory. It's amazing. It's a wonderful verse. I love that. And then now we're into the weight, right? Number 11. How many times did we say this? Psalm twenty-seven fourteen. Wait for the Lord. Be strong, oh Lord, we're weak. Take heart, oh I'm gonna. My heart's failing, and wait for the Lord. Oh, it's so hard to wait. Waiting is tough business, especially for us Americans. Man, we want it yesterday. You know, I tell, we said all the time. The guy that went through the drive-thru and they messed up on his hamburger, and he pulled out his revolver. That guy guy was Pavlov's dog. He had to eat that burger right away. He couldn't stand getting it corrected. It's got to be right now. Waiting is so hard. Waiting on the Lord. Waiting and waiting. And that's what we've done. We've waited and waited. And Psalm 130 is the same thing. And we found comfort in that. Uh, The psalmist says, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word do I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman. That's the guy up on the, uh, the watchman is up on the uh, wall. They close the gates. He's up on the wall, and it's night duties. It's the third shift, looking for enemies coming, armies, right? He's up all night. Some of you ever work, I work third shift in paper mills, steel mills, so and you can't wait. Oh, there's the sun, hot dog day. I'm, I'm going home. And then that's the imagery here. More than he's waiting for the dawn. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. Wait. And we use that little acronym. Remember a couple years ago? P-U-S-H. Push. P-U-S-H. Good one to remember and practice. What's it stand for? The P is? What's the U? Until. Pray until something H happens. Not bad. As we're in that waiting room, right? Pray until something happens. God hears you. He, he knows what's going on. He has a great plan, and we wait on him. How about Psalm 16:6? 6, then? We love this great psalm, Jonathan Edwards' favorite psalm, but 16:6 6 in the NI- NIV sort of. The boundary lines for, for me have fallen in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Uh, it's a reminder, of course. I think he's referring to God as my inheritance there, but it refers to all lesser inheritances and all lesser boundaries that God establishes. All the boundaries of life, the property He gave us, time, and in the midst of confusion and difficulty, how important is it for us to look at the sun, 93 million miles? We God established that, and the moon, 200 and 25,000 miles, God established. In the length of a day, 24 hours, God established that. In the length of my life, maybe three score and ten, fours, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe miles to go before I sleep, but maybe not. That's all in God's hands. And even the, the content of every day is in God's hands. And I find such great comfort in that. I do. The boundary lines for me have fallen in pleasant places that God sets all the boundaries of life. And he's good. You know that? The Lord is good and trustworthy. And he establishes for his glory a great psalm. Oh, I love that so much. And then how about 14? Psalm 138.8. The the assurance that God will accomplish his purpose for me, David said. You know, that not that encouraging? In the midst of it, you go like, I'm a zero. My life doesn't count. I could be out of here and no one would even know. And that's this verse says that God has a purpose for every one of us. He has it for us as a church. And he is going to accomplish the purpose for what he is up to and doing. I love that because... You know, we like to do bigger, better, best, maybe, or I want to be famous. But maybe it's just like we're a nobody, you know? A nobody, but we're really not a nobody. God has established us, and he knows us. We studied last time in the men's fraternity, Ecclesiastes 9. And we saw there that the poor man, the poor wise man, delivers a city, but then is forgotten about. We go like, well, what does all that mean? Well, it means this. That you and I can be God's people and and live a life by his grace alone that pleases him. And the world's really not too impressed at all. They could care less really about it. But God knows. And when he knows, and he knows it all, that's the important thing. Whether the world knows or even cares, God knows. And so I take comfort that he'll fulfill his purpose in my life and that gives me satisfaction in my heart. Number 15, Psalm 124, 8. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Again, his resume. Help, oh, we need help, don't we help? Help. In the name of the Lord, the Shem of Yahweh, the name has all his qualities, his power, his wisdom, his presence, Oh, we thank the Lord for that. And 126.3, number 16, the Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. God loves that. We know what that is in most families when, when we as children or with our own children or grandchildren, and we're able to bless their life and, and to see the joy, the sweet joy reflected back. Isn't that beautiful? So beautiful to see that. And think how much more God uh, enjoys it when we, his children, uh, are filled with the joy for what he has done. And he has done this. And we, we, we see what he's doing. And uh, if he tarries, this beachhead for the gospel on Silver Springs Road will be used to populate heaven as people come to new birth in Jesus. And so the last verse, come and see, Psalm 66, 5, the great invitation. Come and see what God has done. How awesome his works on man's behalf. And so we close the thought here. All praise is given to our wonderful Lord and Savior. And I end with a, a kind of that doxology of Paul's in Romans 11:36, just in case uh, you had any doubt referring to Jesus he says for from him he's the source and through him he's the means or the agent and to him he's the goal of all things no wiggle room there did you notice that all things that's you that's me that's all of it for God's glory praise God from whom all things Blessings, flow. we have reason to rejoice and be glad today come and see what God has done now I'd like to like to us before we close invite all the men that were at the, at the meeting at our bank closing Friday to come up uh Mike I went you and you were there of course, and Cindy, come on. and uh all the deacons and uh and if you feel left out, you come up you know. <laughs> And we we just want to have a prayer of dedication for what God has done, and ask God's blessing at this uh, momentous point. Mike, Mike, you get in the middle, Dave, uh, Dave Mall, Dave, Dave, you got to come up. We're gonna <laughs> it's your design. It's your design. We're we're gonna see rise from the mud or whatever it is over there now. <laughs> hey, kind of gather around. Let's gather around here. Real close here. we put our hands. Okay. Father, thank you so much for this is a great day in our life. And may we never forget it, Lord. We've waited and waited, but what is time to you? You're eternal. And we've waited, and you've grown us to love you more and more during the time, so it's been so profitable. And we're just so thankful and so blessed. And may our hearts just ring forth with praise to you today. And remember, never forget, Lord, this is the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in our eyes. And it's for the purpose of making disciples here and around the world. Oh, Lord, favor the work of our hands, we pray with Moses. May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Establish the work. We just pray for Mike and Cindy and for all that would help that you would be glorified in all the details. We pray for that, Lord. Thank you so much. May we rejoice. May we look forward to seeing fruit, people added to the body, young ones, older ones, all sorts of ones here and, and then in the community to make a difference for Jesus and around the world. Oh, Father, thank you. Favor us now. We need your help. Bless the food now as we celebrate and partake of the cake and rejoice. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.